0: Welcome to my Japanese Green Tea Podcast, the green tea show with a Japanese twist. And now, your host, Ricardo Caicedo. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to episode 15 of my Japanese Green Tea Podcast. With us today is Carl Whittington of Whittington's Tea Emporium. It's an online store in the UK. Maybe you've heard of him previously on episode 11, and I'm sure today's interview is going to be just as interesting. Hi, Kyle. Thank you for joining the show again.
1: Hi, Ricardo. It's nice to be back.
0: Uh, for those listeners that don't know who you are, can you give us a brief introduction about yourself and your tea store?
1: Of course. So, I have had a long interest in tea. I studied um, Japanese tea so many I lived in Japan in 2004 and five, and I have the first level certification in that. Um, in 2010, I started blogging, and then I... I moved away from blogging and decided to set up the online tea store, Whittington's Tea Emporium, which is the one-stop shop for specialty teas online in the UK, and we're hoping to grow. Um, we work with lots of different brands and bring them together in one place so that you can shop easily and try new teas. So it's kind of like a, a specialty Amazon, but for tea.
0: How have you done with the with the many brands, have you included more brands or...?
1: Um, we're gradually including more brands, there's always a balance of, of getting the brands on and getting things happening, it takes quite a while to actually launch a new brand on on the website. Um, we had tea, um, Tip Top Tea join us at the beginning of this year, a uh, very very nice boutique um, tea company here in the UK as well, delicious teas and really unusual ones. Um, and I'm talking with a couple of other companies at the moment, another from the UK and one from France, to look at having them on the website as well.
0: So how many brands do you have right now? At the moment we have six
1: different brands, um, and we're hoping to add another two over the summer, and then later on this year at some point we will launch our own line of Whittington's Tea Emporium Tea. So that will be exciting.
0: Okay, so today we're gonna to talk about uh, the tea culture in the UK. Mm-hmm. E- everyone thinks that the UK is is such a great culture for tea. Yeah. So maybe there's a lot of people that live outside the UK that that want to know how's it doing right now. Yeah. Um, m- maybe we could start with a little history. Yeah, of course. We've
1: been drinking tea in the UK for centuries now. At first, it was first sold and, and drunk in the UK in 1657 so we have a long history with tea and I think part of the Englishness of tea is that in the late 18th and in the 19th century we developed very quickly with tea and we started importing it we started growing it abroad ourselves as part of the British Empire at that time Um, and we started growing our own teas in Assam and Darjeeling and that with the East India Company, there was a lot of trade and tea became very much a part of British culture and lifestyle. And by the mid-1800s, so maybe 1840, 1860, um, tea was everybody drank tea, everybody had tea for breakfast and for tea time and dinner. And then we also developed the tradition of afternoon tea, which was very popular in the Victorian times and then later on into the 20th century. But... With the war, of course, the Second World War, that changed a lot because people weren't able to drink tea as much. Um, it was rationed and there just wasn't enough coming in. And that changed the way, I think, that people think about tea. Um, and it, and certainly after the war, there was definitely a decline in the number of tea shops, that's shops actually selling tea, but also shops where you go and have a cup of tea. Because, of course, in Britain, we used to have Lyon's Tea Shops, um, which were... The Starbucks of their day. It was uh, oh, really? tea was drunk everywhere. There was a lion's tea shop in almost every town, um, and you would go and you'd sit and have your tea and your cake. Um, but that tradition died out after the war, and now we're we're left with the tra- well the tradition now of a tea bag and a mug. It's um, not very pretty, <laughs> but it's become the British way, and the British like their cup of, cup of tea. Um, or builder's tea, as it's sometimes known, which is strong tea, with black tea with milk. Um, But in recent years, certainly over the last 10 years at least, if not more, um, and it's getting better every year, there is definitely a trend in a new tea culture developing in the UK, um, and people are starting to drink more speciality teas. They're looking to find out what tea is available where it actually comes from and they want to to learn more about tea so we've seen new tea shops and new tea companies online appearing Um, afternoon tea has become popular again that happened maybe about five years ago it just suddenly became the popular thing to do and lots of young people started going for afternoon tea at hotels Um, the menus got reinvigorated and the hotels actually started serving good quality tea with a tea menu and then obviously the traditional food as well. Um, whereas before that, it was kind of something that you did with your with your elderly aunt and it was a little bit dull. Um, <laughs> but now it's become much more popular again, very trendy, and a lot of people are trying to do different things with afternoon tea um, and with tea in general. So you've got tea cocktails appearing on restaurant and bar menus. Um, I'm working with a restaurant in London. We're doing a series of tea and food pairings. So we're looking at exploring the taste of it, the taste between tea and food when you drink them and eat them together. And they have very much a big part of their menu is tea, and they're looking at ways to diversify and do different things. So there is definitely a trend happening, and people are getting interested again.
0: Can you tell us about uh, afternoon tea? Yes. Um,
1: it was... The Duchess of Bedford is often credited with having invented it, um, but it's difficult to say exactly where it came from. How afternoon tea developed was meal times used to be very far apart, so you would have breakfast in the morning, and then because of the Industrial Revolution and the change in people's lifestyles, people started to have breakfast earlier and dinner later, um, and the gap became bigger and then they so then a new meal developed in the middle of the day called luncheon or nuncheon and that's where the word lunch comes from and this was typically a, a lighter meal um, cold meats um, bread sandwiches um and then but even with that there was still a gap in the afternoon because dinner time was always very late and this is during the you know, the late 18th uh, and then the 19th century um, and so the tradition of afternoon tea developed because it's said that the Duchess of Bedford um, started to take drink her tea in the afternoon in the Gap when there was nothing else to do. And she would ask her servants to bring her bread and butter as just a light snack while she had her tea. And then she started inviting her, her friends, her ladies from the court, other important people. They started to come round and they would join her for afternoon tea. And that's how it developed into tradition and of course then in the victorian era um this became very popular because everybody wanted to be you know improve themselves and be better and be more like the aristocratic classes and so that they started to make afternoon tea into an event of the of the daily calendar um and books were published and it became the extravagant thing that it now is where you would have sandwiches cakes scones And you would also have um, little desserts as well. And then that continued, obviously. And that's exactly what you eat has changed, but it's normally about three to five o'clock in the afternoon is afternoon tea time. Um, If it's at home, it will be slightly more casual, but there's always a lot of food and a variety of sweet and savory.
0: And right now, do people still do it um, outside or or is it mostly at home?
1: Um, Now it's mostly outside. It used to be mostly at home um, and people would invite people around, but now afternoon tea has become more of an event that you go out to. So you would go to a hotel or a restaurant to have afternoon tea um, is the way it's developed now. I mean, people still have tea in the afternoon and they like to have a biscuit or a slice of cake, but we don't really have the tradition of asking people to come for afternoon tea. And I think that's because of the way we work now and it's become much more, you know, people work during the afternoon.
0: About the the tea shops where, where you go and drink tea, is it mostly black tea in a tea bag and with milk and sugar?
1: Um, that
0: I think used to be the way it was.
1: Um, it is changing, and you see um, little tea shops appearing now. I mean, if you go to a regular cafe, expect a tea bag with milk and sugar. If you go to a special tea shop. Then you can expect something quite different, and they actually now have really nice menus. So there's one in London um, called Yalcha, no, Yumcha. Sorry, I'm going to have to check the names. <laughs> something like that. Anyway, and they have a whole range of teas, and they have little little samples of the tea there, so you can smell them, and then you choose your tea and you have your cake. And it's very relaxed. So it's very funky, trendy. Um, you have more extravagant tea afternoon tea places where you go for example to a hotel and you'll have a formal afternoon tea with a silver stand with three three levels of cakes and sandwiches on it and scones and you'll have a big pot of tea but that now that that that's developed and you have a tea menu and you can actually choose some really good teas. Um, I went up to Manchester recently and was really surprised in a very good way at the tea shops there it's more than a cafe but because it's dedicated to tea, um, but a tea shop where you could just sit and have a cup of tea in a slice of cake um, in a relaxed atmosphere, and they had really good tea. And that was all loose leaf, brewed properly, and comes with a timer. Very, very well done, and delicious tea as well. So th- there is a, a change happening.
0: Mm, I see. How about the, the supermarkets? Do they have loose leaf tea?
1: They do have loose-leaf tea. Um, Obviously, I think people are still buying a lot of tea bags. The the British will find it very hard to let go of PG tips. (laughs) Um, But they, they are more appearing. You're certainly getting more better quality tea bags in supermarkets. So you'll get the pyramid tea bags. So tea pigs have made a big impact on that. Um, and then you do get loose leaf tea as well. I mean, loose leaf tea has always been in the supermarket, but oh, really? in the proportion, <laughs> very small proportion of loose leaf tea, you would normally find one little shelf at the top with some loose leaf boxes of loose leaf. But now, if you go into the tea into the supermarket into the tea aisle, you will find much more, um, much more range of tea bags from different companies and different qualities, and also a larger range of loose leaf tea.
0: Between uh, standard teas and the flavored and blended ones, uh, w- which one is more popular?
1: Um, I would pro- in the supermarkets, the flavored and blended ones, definitely. Okay. People are always having their, you know, the weird combinations, <laughs> 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 varied flowers and all sorts of stuff, um, and of course. Traditionally, we like the English breakfast and we like the Earl Grey, which are so our traditional teas are normally blended. Um, But I I think gradually with, with the arrival of afternoon tea and with the development of a trend for speciality tea and people looking for something good and of good quality, people are interested as well in where it comes from. And so gradually, very slowly, we're starting to get people interested in single teas um, so you will find they are starting to appear But not as much as we would
0: like So, so the number of cafes um, Outnumbers the number of, of tea, tea shops
1: Of cof- coffee shops, cafes yeah they, are, yeah, they outnumber tea shops at the moment okay. um, It didn't used to be that way many years ago But um, that's certainly how it is at the moment But hopefully we're at the beginning of a change And that's going to change And we'll get more tea shops coming up
0: when you import tea, does it have a high tariff, or it's not really?
1: Um, the the import, obviously, to import anything, you are paying a lot in in customs charges. Um, but when you're selling tea in the UK, tea has no VAT, no value added tax. Um, the same. as oh, very good. As food. Um, so it, it's not not classed as a as a luxury product, so you don't have to pay. When you're buying tea as a customer, you don't have to pay tax on it, which is very good. Um, yeah. Especially when you think of when first tea was first introduced into the UK in the in the 1700s, the tax was ridiculous, really, really high. Um, and then now we don't don't have the tax on the tea. Uh,
0: besides black tea. Which ones are getting more popular now?
1: Um, I think people are aware of green tea, um, certainly because of the health benefits, Um, but I find a lot of the time that with green tea people want to like it and they want to try it, but because they've never had a good one or they've never had a properly made green tea they always find it bitter because the leaves have been burnt or because the quality of the leaf just wasn't very good so it's something I come across a lot that people want to try it and then when you give them a, a really good quality green tea to try they always surprise at how good it is um but it's a part part of that is about re-education and, and letting people know that you need to use lower temperature water and you need to treat the leaves different differently um white teas are also making something of a little renaissance people are for some reason people know about white tea white teas Um, and have tried drinking them and enjoy them though the british will still add milk to any tea which is really scary sometimes not everybody but a lot of people just add milk automatically
0: (laughs) they use more milk than than just adding sugar right milk is more important
1: um yeah i mean a lot of people will have sugar as well because of the strong tea that they normally drink um but Milk. People are used to drinking tea with milk, and that they teaching them and showing them that that black tea um, is better black. Often is is a difficult thing Mm -hmm. um, because they just want to put milk in it. I think it's one of those things. You know, people get used to a taste, and you have to kind of re re educate them and show them what's what's good. And then once they learn what's good, they actually like it better.
0: Okay, so how about in your own store, uh, which are your best selling teas?
1: Um, peppermint tea. <laughs> well, peppermint to same, loose
0: leaf peppermint. Um, Earl yeah. Grey always does
1: very well. People always like Earl Grey. Um, I think it's kind of it's one of the most popular blends of tea in the UK, I'd say. Um, English breakfast as well, people like. Yeah, those I'd say were the top three.
0: Is the English breakfast always drank at breakfast?
1: Um, people drink it traditionally yes, hence the name, but people drink it during the day as well now. Um, but it's always a strong blend, so it, it will have um, Assam or Salon or kimun or a combination of those in it to make it a really strong hearty tea, um, very much the British tea.
0: And how, what about iced tea? Do people like to make iced tea at home or just buy the bottled one? They tend to buy the bottled one.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it always amazes me when I speak to people from, from other countries who are so used to making iced tea. I mean, even in America, they, they I speak to American friends and they, oh yeah, we make iced tea in summer. The British just don't make iced tea. They, they won't make it on their own. It's too much work. <laughs> The British have got lazy with tea in general. But, you know, I, again, I think gradually that's something which is maybe hopefully starting to change as people are becoming more health-conscious and more aware. But then also, most of the time, it, it's not that hot here. It is starting to get hotter in the summers, and I think maybe with that, people will be looking for iced tea. Um, I did find when I went into a, a, a restaurant the other day or a patisserie, um, and I was having tea with a friend and they actually offered to make it iced instead of hot, which was very nice, but that is a um, a European restaurant, so they have a different culture there.
0: What about the the other parts of Europe? Is it almost the same?
1: Um, no, I, I the rest of Europe is I think more in tune with speciality tea. Um, they're used to drinking loose leaf more. They're used to drinking special teas and individual teas. Um, the Europeans don't, in general, of course, um, they don't like the British tea with milk. They like <laughs> tea with a slice of lemon. Um, oh, really? Is, is the, the kind of popular way to drink it in Europe. Um, they also very big on their tisanes and herbal teas. Um, I mean, in Germany, rooibos is is really really popular you can buy it in the supermarket in one kilogram bags Uh, but yeah you certainly you find more there and in germany when i visited germany there's a little tea shop there's lots of little tea shops in the cities france as well they've got some really good tea shops um even when i was in croatia a couple of years ago in split and i found a little tea shop there so they it's amazing they kind of getting everywhere in Europe. But then it's always loose leaf. They're much more used to loose leaf.
0: When you make a tea tasting, uh, more or less, what kind of teas do you include?
1: Um, It depends. If I'm doing a general tea tasting, I always try and include something that will appeal to people because they're familiar with it. So I'll maybe go for an Earl Grey or I'll go for a salon because they're used to a black tea and then I want them to experience something new or something better. Um, I'll often include uh, green tea, maybe a sencha or um, a genmaicha. um, Or I have a very good matcha genmaicha that people always love because I want people to experience good green tea. Um, I often will do uh, maybe a white or an oolong. Again, trying to expand people's horizons and just get them to taste something new, which I know they're going to like. I never go for anything that's very complicated taste. Um, always quite a simple taste and a, a, that people can understand, but that will open, open their eyes to new, new kinds of tea. Um, and then I'll also often put in a, a herbal tea or an infusion as well, because a lot of people like things that don't have caffeine, so I always think it's good to kind of balance it out with that. Um, with the tea tastings that I'm doing with the Noodle House in London, um, we're doing it as a monthly event and so every month we choose a different tea as a theme. So last month we did green tea, this month I'm going to do black tea, um, black flavoured teas rather. So I'm trying to do it that way just so each time people can come and experience more different teas.
0: When you make a, a special, specialised tea tasting, uh, what, what's the difference?
1: With the ones that I'm doing at the Noodle House, I'm doing more teas in the same category
0: okay so uh, they can tell the difference
1: yes so that they can try different green teas and for example the one we did last time um, we did uh, we had a sencha we had a gyokpura we had a, a green jasmine we had a long jing um, and we had a puchong as well just so that people had lots of different tastes of different kinds of green tea um, and then for example with the black flavored teas, I'll try giving them a range of different black teas, so maybe a black tea with chocolate, um, a black tea with fruit flavors in it, um, just so that they they have a a range and they can taste the different
0: combinations. I think the the gyokuro is a complicated one, right?
1: Yes, it's difficult. It's also very difficult to brew that correctly Mm -hmm. when you're doing a tea tasting for lots of people, um, because it needs so much attention. but. What I do with something like that is I try and choose one that is is not too complex in flavour, so quite a gentle gyokuro, and I brew it quite lightly because I find a lot of people if you give them a Japanese green tea which has lots of umami and has lots of seaweed grassy taste, it's just too much for them. Um, They prefer it if it's slightly lighter brewed and it's a bit sweeter um, and a little bit more gentle. It's just easier for them to understand and something new to try. Uh,
0: What what do you think the the future holds for for the tea culture in in the UK?
1: I think it's changing. I think it's changing in a good way. Um, Certainly when I made that trip up to Manchester, I was really surprised at how many tea shops were there. Um, And Manchester isn't a very big city um, compared to London, but there are a lot of tea shops and they were all busy. There were people there. And I think that really says a lot. Um, Even the tea shops here in London, they are busy. The the people go there. I think we just need more people to open more tea shops, really.
0: Okay, well, thanks for for taking the time to speak to me. Pleasure. And I wish you the best with with your own in-store. Thank you. Thanks, Ricardo. Okay, so we'll keep in touch. Yes, absolutely. Goodbye. Bye. That's it for today's show. Thank you for listening, and if you want to see the show notes, then go to www.myjapanisgreentea slash episode 15. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to My Japanese Green Tea Podcast at Com.